A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to do one easy, nice thing today, all you got to do is hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Superchick9235, Stamp of Approval. I'm a home health nurse in rural Pennsylvania, and one of my patients live in a little village-type area on the edge of a bigger town. There's no parking for his apartment below a shop, and there's no street parking, but there is the little village post office right across the road so I've been parking there. The post office parking lot can probably hold at least 20 cars, although there ever seems to be a max of two people inside there at a time. Last week, as my nurse practitioner and I were leaving this guy's house, a postal worker popped her head out of the door and asked if we were there to buy stamps. We said no, and she said we can't park there if we weren't buying stamps. Cue malicious compliance. I went out to that person's house today, went inside the post office, and bought one single 58 cent stamp. Then I went across the road and saw my patient. I'm pretty sure it was the same clerk from last week, and I'm fairly certain she recognized me as she asked, just one single stamp? Yep. Today I learned that you can still buy one cent stamps. Next time OP goes there, I'm sure they're going to try to buy just a one cent stamp. If you had to park somewhere and there was no public parking, so you had to spend 58 cents every time to buy a postage stamp to get parking here, would that be worth it? 58 cents isn't too bad to pay for parking, right? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Roses for the Monsters. Malicious compliance at the convenience store. Don't throw away anything? Okay, you got it. This happened when I worked at a convenience store many, many moons ago. The original owner, the woman who hired me, basically left the shift managers running the shift. If there were out-of-date products, the shift managers were allowed to throw it away without specific permission from the GM or the owner. The GM and owner trusted the shift manager's judgment. About six years into my employment there, the original owner sold the business. The new owners kept on all the staff, but we were basically told that the owners were in charge, and the employees were to do nothing without permission. Even the shift managers were not allowed to throw away anything without the owner's permission. The new owners were notorious for recycling old outdated food. It was disgusting. If there were outdated sandwiches, they made the employees take the deli meat off the stale slash soggy roll, put it on a fresh roll with fresh lettuce and tomato, and put it back out for sale. The same with outdated canned foods and such. They would make the employees cook the outdated canned food for the hot food bar. It didn't take too long for them to decide that I was throwing away too many products. Basically, because I absolutely refused to recycle the sandwiches, I was told that I was not to throw away anything without consulting one of the owners first. Enter malicious compliance. I got a box and put everything in it that I was going to throw away for the entire shift. If I swept the floor, I dumped the floor sweepings into the box. Customers didn't want the receipts? In the box. Bank wrappers from the $1 bills? In the box. Remnants from my dinner? In the box. Every last paper towel I used to wipe down the counters, if I was choosing a piece of gum, yeah, you guessed it, everything went in the box. 
After the first night of doing that, I was told not to do it again. I kept right on doing it. After about a week, the owner threw away my box, gave me a specific list of things I wasn't allowed to throw away, and told me to stop being a smart butt if I intended to keep my job. I didn't work for them for long. They were selling illegal products that could have resulted in the staff getting arrested. Before I quit, I did get the chance to tell the owner that she needed to stop being an expletive toward everyone and that she and her husband needed to quit being shady. I mean, I don't blame OP for getting out of there, but do you guys kind of judge OP for not reporting the practices that are going on here to some kind of body? There's got to be some kind of like greater corporate chain or owner or food and safety regulators that they could report this to, right? Are you guys as baffled as I am that OP didn't call the health department? Our next story is by Filigree's Daddy, How to Kill Boredom in the Workplace. During my time in the Navy, I absolutely hated getting posted ashore. The shore posting I got sent to was a workshop on the base that had too many people and not enough work. On my second posting there, they had got rid of most of the useless people, but there were still too many people with not enough work. I got assigned to one of the subsections where, for the most part, We got left alone as long as the work was done, so that was cool. About two months in at our after-lunch muster, the only way they could keep track of all of us was to have us muster several times a day to micromanage us. The 2IC for the SEG, a petty officer we'll call T, says that too many people are either going to lunch too early or coming back too late. Your break times are listed, you must follow them to the letter. Two days later, 1000 comes around, time for stand easy. The guys I work with usually just had our short break in our workshop as we got left alone out there. 10.02, a new seaman to the unit comes in and says to me, P.O.T. wants to see you. I give him a thumbs up as I had a mouthful of biscuit and watched him walk away. I then reached for my next biscuit. My teammates asked if I was going to see the P.O. My reply, after stand easy. At 10.19, stand easy ended at 10.20, I walked into the office. The first thing I heard, where have you been? I sent SMN newbie out to get you 20 minutes ago. My reply, but you said on Monday we had to adhere to our break times. Everyone else in the office had that, oh no he didn't look. And I could almost see the smoke coming out of P.O.T.'s ears. Until we hear the chief laugh from within his office. Fast forward a few months, I'd been moved to another subsection there. Again, 90% left alone and self-managed. The manager of the collection of workshops we belong to, Lieutenant Commander Usually Engineering, rotated out. The new boss was doing a quiet walk around to get a feel of the place. He saw the number of guys sitting around on their phones. Next morning, new directive from upstairs, anyone on their phone during working hours will be disciplined. When the boss walked around the next week, he looked into my little space, three of us sitting there reading books. Our chief comes down ten minutes later, The boss wants you to be doing work, not reading books. The next time the boss came through, we are all in exactly the same positions. This time, we're reading service manuals. When he asked, why aren't you working? My reply was simple. We've done everything there is for us to do today, sir. Now we're using the rest of our day to build our knowledge on how to do our jobs better. A.B. Smith here is refreshing his knowledge of refueling at sea. A.B. Martin's learning about the new paint scheme we're starting to use, and I'm looking through the pay and conditions manual to find out if the workshop out the back that I used to work in gets hot enough to qualify for heat allowance to be paid. Needless to say, the boss stormed off muttering. The next day, the chief informed us that as long as we had our work done and were being quiet and discreet, we could do whatever the heck we wanted. 
Gods, was it good to get back to sea and do some meaningful work. Sailors are meant to be out at sea. They're not meant to be locked up in some shed. I just love the visual there with the phone then reading. It's like a montage and you can imagine the like playful music. Every single day this guy walks through and every day they're a little bit more and more compliant. Some whistly toyful tune every single day. He glances over, sees them on their phone. The guy goes, next day they're reading. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Our next story is by Dav2310675. Don't bother you with admin work? Okay. Not something I did, but something I saw firsthand over two days. Years ago, I worked as a registered nurse on a high dependency ward. Whereas on a normal surgical ward for a morning shift, you would get six to eight patients. On our ward, you would get a maximum of three. Think involved patients with multiple conditions. It was not unusual, as an example, to have a physiotherapist, two nurses, and a wards person, or two, to help walk a patient, using a rollator, to the bathroom in the morning for their shower. Not because they were heavy, just because of all the pumps and drains that had to come along for the ride, and for their safety. We had a pretty high turnover of staff, about 50% per annum, with the average time someone stayed with us being 12 months. Some left after a year because they could get easier and better paying jobs elsewhere. Some left because of the workload. I left after three years because I moved 200 kilometers away. But two people were constant on our ward. One was our ward's persons, not the object of the story, and the other was our ward clerk, Sue. I'll use her real name as I'm pretty sure that was her name. It's been more than two decades. And it's a fairly common name. Sue had been there for years and she was really, really good at her job. She knew how the place ticked. One morning shift, Sue got absolutely upbraided by one of the new registered nurses on our ward. I can't remember her name, it doesn't matter, so let's call her RN Myopa. Whatever it was about, it wasn't actually important and I was there. I was well past my 12 months there, so I was an oldie. The organizational culture on that ward was that we were a team. Remember the story about taking a patient to the shower, often needing four or more people to help? It was not unusual to come back after one of those shower trips to find that for your other patients, other nurses had done your dressings for you, made a bed or two, showered one of your patients, gave out meds, whatever. You didn't have to ask, it just happened. You did the same for the next person when they were tied up. That's just how the place was. Best ward ever. That team approach extended to the wardies and the admin team. They did their work so you could concentrate on yours. You looked after them, and they looked after you. 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but the admin officer on a ward can wield power? You may not think it, but they can. Anyway, Sue got roasted over something that didn't matter, and RN Myopia finished off with the words along the effect of, you just concentrate on doing your admin job and I'll do my job as a nurse. Mistake. Such a big mistake. Those of us who have been there for a while on that day took a mental note. Sue would not let this one slide. Next day, we had almost the same team on deck. Normal weekday morning, busy ward. In the middle of the showers, dressings, meds, mobilizing, attending to activities of daily living, OBS, making beds, tests, ward rounds, and everything else, a theater orderly shows up for one of RN Myopia's patients to take them to the theater. But they aren't ready. The one person who could answer the phone didn't pass the message that the theater was coming down for the patient for surgery. We watched with amusement, side eyes, as RN Myopia dropped everything to try and prep the patient while the orderly waited. Quick shower with chlorhexidine soap, run through the pre-op checklist, the whole shebang. We made sure her other patients were looked after, but there wasn't any way we were going to get involved between her and Sue. Just as some 15 minutes or so of work was finished in 5 minutes, Sue comes around the corner before the wardy heads off with the patient and squares off with RN Myopia, beautifully timed, and says, oh, RN Myopia, theater have called for your patient. I was going to come and let you know earlier, but I got caught up with my admin work. I see they're here, so I'll leave it to you. Didn't wait for an answer or a reply, just spins on her heels and goes back to her desk and phone around the corner. It was beautiful. RN Myopia didn't last much longer, but Sue did until that ward was closed a few years later. I still miss that ward and the people after 24 years. Honestly, this sounds like a fantastic place, just like one of the most supportive places you could work at. This next story is from Vivid Efficiency 7347. Seven British pounds for Wi-Fi? No thanks. So I'm currently staying in a hotel, isolating for the foreseeable future. This hotel advertised free Wi-Fi, and since it was a last-minute booking, I didn't see the small print, only in public areas. Now I obviously can't hang out in the public areas. My alternative? Pay 7 British pounds per day per device for Wi-Fi. Now the way this Wi-Fi system's been set up is to allow you 20 minutes of unpaid Wi-Fi to tempt you into giving in. This time I was looking out for the small print, and almost blending into the background as a small, not you, box. So now every 20 minutes, I re-sign up for the Wi-Fi service. So far, some of my favorites I've been, Mrs. John Smith, Mr. Jane Doe, Miss Peter Parker, Dr. People Person, Miss Fake Name, Dr. Strange Steven. The best thing about it, it doesn't even check the email you give. So I've happily been signing up the MP emails of Boris Johnson, etc., and happily clicking to receive promotional content. I mean, hey, when you're isolating, you need anything that can entertain you a little bit, and being able to put in that you're Fred Flintstone on the Wi-Fi for 20 minutes of free Wi-Fi, honestly, it's a little bit entertaining. And our final story of the day is by Traveling Becca 916 Don't want to share? Okay, it'll cost you almost 5000 I work at a school for students with intellectual and development disabilities. I supervise the therapy department. Many of the OTs enjoy working on pre-vocational and vocational training tasks with our students. Approximately three years ago, we started a transition program to help prepare our students for life after school. 
During creating this program, we hired an educator as the program lead and she purchased a lot of items to stock her classroom. This school year, the program lead had to cover and teach in a classroom due to the lack of a teacher. The room with all the training items has sat empty, many of the items not even opened. The OTs requested to use this equipment for their students. The transition program lead threw a fit, told the principal she refuses to share the items. The principal's backing her up and told me to have the OTs make a list and she'll order whatever they want. I just submitted the list with close to $5,000 worth of items. I know most of the same items are sitting in that empty classroom, but the OTs will gladly use our own. Don't you love the fact that even when schools are like notoriously struggling for funding and short on supplies, the principal can't understand pooling the resources? You know, a reasonable and optimal strategy that helps the kids? Nah, that makes too much sense. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.